Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but, you know, there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. One team that stands out, it's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate. A second-half capitulation almost brings Pompey's unbeaten league run to a grinding halt. And there's a chance for Plymouth, and it's 2-1! They've turned it around! Ogilvy got the wrong side, and Ennis has put it past Griffiths into the bottom corner. It's Portsmouth 1, Plymouth 2. But then Blues, they do not go down without a fight. Morell drives into the box, stands it up to the far post, and it's in! And we'll hear the post-match thoughts of Rico Hackett between now and 7 o'clock. I think we controlled the game for most of it. We had a lot of chances, probably should have been 2-0 up at half-time. I think we're in a good moment and I think a lot of the boys will be leaving unhappy to not have got the win today. As well as head coach Danny Cowley, who reflects on yet another league game without defeat. Really good cross from Joe Morrell, the fantastic header from Rico. Six foot three, I've been waiting for him to score me some headed goals, so good on him, but an important goal and it keeps us unbeaten. The Pompey women were also in action at the weekend, but they unfortunately were unable to extend their unbeaten start to the campaign. Gaffer Jay Sadler is remaining positive despite the defeat. I believe in this squad, I believe in this group of players. One result won't define our whole season. It obviously hurts us, but now it's about how we reflect and how we react. Full reaction from both the men's and women's games to come between now and 7 o'clock, as well as, of course, for text tweets and emails coming from you guys tuning in from back home. 81400 is the number to text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or head to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along to Express FM and welcome to another edition of the Football Hour, which is, of course, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South, getting you through Hampshire and across the South Coast with a minimum of fuss. On the way for you tonight, we've got the post-match thoughts of Rico Hackett and Danny Cowley, the notions of two new studio guests on the weekend stalemate with Plymouth Argyle, as well as reaction to the Pompey Women's League fixture against the London B with head coach Jay Sadler. There's so much to try and get through this evening, so let's just kick things off quickly. After eight games without defeat to start the new League One campaign, the Blues had an opportunity to turn eight into nine and potentially match a club record of seven league wins on the bounce. Plymouth Argyle were the visitors to PO4 at the weekend, who themselves came into the league game with Pompey off the back of five consecutive victories in all competitions. Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham were your commentary team at Fratton Park. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! 
Stumpy live. James Bell, the referee, gets us underway. Here we go, tortured against Plymouth, live in League One, in the September sunshine in Brampton Park, as Clark Robertson immediately plays it forward for Portsmouth. A loose ball will be gathered by Plymouth in midfield, and Sean Braggett heads it up towards halfway. Head tennis in midfield, and the ball out of this near touchline. Can bring it forward, lays it in field to pack to the feet of Fisher. Porter with the chance to counter attack over halfway. Robertson coming forward, he's got Coroma ahead of him. Well, Robertson thinking about shooting, finds Coroma. Chance for a quality ball into the box of Portsmouth. Coroma's turning one way than the other. What's he going to deliver? Finds Pack edge of the box. More cries of shoot. Instead, he'll pass a nice ball to Dale. Chance to deliver. Dale stood up, Bishop. Oh, he's missed a great chance. Should be 1 0 to Pompey. Take it short. Uh... Pompey claiming for a foul throw. They've won possession back, and Bishop will get the free kick from a block there from Gillespie. And it'll be a Pompey set piece, level with the edge of the penalty area, just in from the right hand side. Whipped in towards the near post, header on goal, loose, and it's gone behind for a goal kick. Pompey won the first header, but then it hit a Plymouth player, corner kick. Whitaker gets away from Ogilvy, who thought he'd won it. Ball looking towards Azaz in the penalty area, Raggett with one saving challenge. Two, Plymouth Argyle, two. 
Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Rico 2 for rescue on Saturday as Pompey's unbeaten start to the league season continues with yet another draw against Plymouth Argyle and yet another last gasp equaliser at Fratton Park after Sean Raggett did the exact same thing to the Pilgrims in the same fixture last time out. Let's take a run through through the other League One results from the weekend then and see how they've affected the table. It finished Accrington 1, Cheltenham 0, Bolton 1, Peterborough 0, Bristol Rovers 3, Lincoln City 6. They're playing 4-4-2, the Cowley's sound. Don't take you where you need to get to. Cambridge nil, Barnsley 3. Elsewhere, Derby County were 2-1 winners over Wickham. Burton Albion picked up their first league win of the season by beating Exeter 2-0 away from home. Morecambe beat Forest Green Rovers by two goals to one at the new lawn. Oxford were beaten 2-1 at home by Milton Keynes. Another 2-1 scoreline. Port Vale beating Shrewsbury by the same margin, while Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich shared the spoils in a 2-all draw at Hillsborough. So the League One table remains as it was at the top going into the weekend with Ipswich leading and Pompey behind in second on goal difference. Both sides on 21 points. Plymouth stay third on 19 points and Sheffield Wednesday fourth on 17. Bolton and Barnsley make up the playoff places in fifth and sixth. In seventh we have Derby, eighth for Lincoln City, Cambridge and ninth, Peterborough, Fleetwood and Shrewsbury also occupy the top half. Down in the bottom half in 13th, 14th and 15th we have Port Vale, Charlton and Exeter City. Wickham are 16th, Atkinson Stanley 17th. In 18th is Milton Keynes with Oxford United uh, 19th, Cheltenham 20th. The relegation zone currently occupied by Burton Albion, who remain rock bottom despite their win at the weekend. Morecambe in 23rd, Forest Green Rovers 22nd and Bristol Rovers in 21st position. Trust me, within a short period of time, we'll be ahead of Portsmouth. Well, joining me on the Football Hour this evening to talk all things Portsmouth Football Club right away until 7 o'clock this evening. First and foremost, we have our very own host of that 80 show. It is, of course, Mr Kevin Stokes, who joins us in the studio. Kev, great to see you. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me back. Lovely to see you too. And, uh, yeah, great to be here. My hat-trick appearance. It is your hat-trick appearance. Congratulations. Mm. Thank you. Um, and what a way to celebrate a hat-trick than... Joey Barton tears. Oh, terrible, isn't Six it? 6-3. What a shame. 21st place. 4-4-2 four, four, gets you nowhere, does it, Kev? Never. never. No, it never does. Never. And, uh, in fact, I'll just uh, chip in there with a little tweet I sent when we were coasting at 1-0 and saw that they were losing 4-1. <laughs> Dangerous. I tagged Bristol Rovers in a tweet, may have done, and said, I hear 4-4-2's four, four, the future. And then, of course... <laughs> It looked a bit scary for a while, and Freddie told me to delete the tweet. <laughs> but I didn't. I no. manned it out, and our 2-2 result was uh, due to 4-4-2, I'm sure. Exactly. And uh, also calling in from back home tonight, I'm pleased to welcome back onto the show Josh Sweetman. A pleasure to have you back with us, my friend. Pleasure as always, Jake. And like you guys in the studio, I'm still very much enjoying the Joey Barton tears too. <laughs> Do you know, we were talking off air, um, Josh, myself and Kev, just a few moments ago about how maybe we're eating our words, maybe it's a bit too soon to be, you know, con- continuing this mockery, but it doesn't seem likely, does it, that Bristol Rovers are going to finish above Pompey this season, does it? Surely. I, I think it gets funnier with every every result that you see Bristol uh, mm. Rovers come in with. I, I don't think it's going to be very likely, Um but I don't think it's very likely that Joey Barton will probably no. be in the job much longer either. So, uh, so yeah, obviously I've watched my words, but I, I think time might be running out for him after saying that. It's funny when it comes back to bite you. Oh, yeah. 
And I think it's fair to say, Kev, nothing against Bristol Rovers at all. Well, nothing against them. No, nothing. Oh, no. Apart from a couple of goals they've conceded. But, <laughs> no, no, the it's, only it's, way they finish above Pompey is if it's alphabetical order, really. Well, yeah. yeah so. But it's, it's, it's Joey Barton. Yeah. Taking the final. It's not Bristol Rovers. We, we, we don't mind. Really. Absolutely. Um, but let, let's, let's forget about that, Kev. Pompey, that's what we're here for. Yep. Um, nine unbeaten to start the new league season. Bit hairy on Saturday. We'll yeah. delve deeper into it in a little while. But two will draw with Plymouth. The fourth time it's happened in the last five meetings with the with the Pilgrims, and yet again another fascinating end to the game. It was, yeah, it was a great game actually. I really enjoyed it, and uh, it always helps. I think I've said this before. When when a um, team bring a full end, it creates the atmosphere, doesn't it? And uh, even my even my son said to me, Dad, he didn't say to me, Dad, what time are we leaving? this week which is the first time ever since he's been following Pompey that he's never asked me that so it must have been a good game oh, yeah. and I thought we played well played some good football really moving the ball about making it do the work and some classy players we've got now in this squad yeah and uh, like I say Josh we will come on to uh, you know dive more into the game and inspect it in a few moments time perhaps in the next part of the show but just talking about the match in general a 2-2 draw with Plymouth Argyle it is nine unbeaten uh, after what was six consecutive league wins before the 2-2 draw with Pilgrim on Sat- uh, with Plymouth on Saturday and a match in which Pompey had taken the lead gone behind and found a 94th minute equaliser that is the sort of the comeback spirit and the fight and the energy that Danny Cowley and his side have displayed throughout the entirety of the campaign so far. It is, and I mean, I enjoyed it thoroughly because I had a couple of quid on Tool, as I guess most people did. Um, but it, it was, I thought overall, point was a fair result. Um, I thought at halftime we should have been two or three up, and I thought we were the only team that really looked like creating much. Um, but then we just, we completely, I thought we completely lost the midfield, unfortunately, for about 20 minutes in the second half. They were a lot more proactive with their substitutes. And I think we actually, for the first time this season, probably got our substitutes wrong. There was a bit of tiredness there, but we took a lot of the pace off that we had in the attacking positions. And, and it really came back to bite us. But as you said, the, um, the fact that we managed to get ourselves points and pull ourselves back into games when previously, especially under the Kenny Jacket era, you're throwing away results. Um, mm. It's testament to to not only Danny Cowley, but the sort of side that he's put together and that sort of firm belief that you'll never out of it until the last kick of the game. Yeah. OK, Josh, Kev, thank you very much for your input so far. We'll be back with you guys very, very shortly. But moving on slightly now, and it wasn't just the men in action this weekend, but for Pompey women as well. Jay Sadler had led his side to an unbeaten start from the opening four matches in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division with three wins and a draw next to their name as they sat second in the table heading into match day five on Sunday. Previous results this season include an opening day 3-0 win away at Ipswich, a 4-1 victory over Milton Keynes, a 2 all draw with Coventry United and an impressive 2-0 win at home to Watford a week ago today. But it was the London Bees who stung the Pompey women to inflict their first defeat of the new season. Rhea Vies with the only goal of the game at Wesley Park. Max Swatton spoke with the Blues head coach Jay Sadler shortly after the full-time whistle. Well Jay, how do you assess today's defeat? I don't think it was a good enough performance um, from us, especially with the ball. I think we were, we were sloppy and that led to too many turnovers. They were able to overload and get on us um, through transition. And yeah, we struggle with that. I think we needed to, to make the pitch uh, a lot bigger. We needed to be crisper in our movements, more 
proactive with our movements and also more proactive against the football. I think it took us probably about 25 minutes to get into into the game, um, to start playing some of the football we know we can play. And just before the half, we've had arguably the best chance of it. Um, great, great switch of play. Lovely little work 1v1 and, and T's found herself in a box and obviously their keepers made a good save. So half-time we made a, a few slight adjustments. Uh, the main one was just to allow us to, to get the ball from one side of the pitch to the other. It was basically obvious what we were what we were needing to do. We needed to move the ball quicker. We needed to have better support playing angles to get switches of play and try and play, the, play through their half spaces on the outside of their, their double pivot. Um, and we weren't able to do that second half but I never felt the game was out of our control I never felt we were under the cosh and then obviously they've had several opportunities or half cut ones from set pieces a free kick's come into the box they've had a shot goalkeepers made a good save got two hands on the ball they followed in and when you're expecting the referees to, to make a decision they, they've made the wrong one um, it's blatantly obvious when you see it back she's got full control of the football and it's a poor one at this level and it's one that, that has separated this game obviously it's separated the scoreline I'm, I'm not defending the fact that that was costly in terms of the, the overall game. I don't think we were good enough, um, but that certainly hasn't helped. What do you think you need to work on next time? I think we just need to be a little bit more controlled with our decision-making. We need to support our players better. We need to be more, as I keep saying, more proactive. I don't know whether it was fatigue. We've had a, a real difficult game in midweek on Tuesday night that's taken a lot out of these players. I asked a lot of them and, and they stuck to it. They've obviously got a fantastic win. And then to come into this game, I just don't think we play with the same intensity. I don't think we have the same clear mind, the same the same focus, determination. And yeah, it, it, it's ended up being a bit of a sucker punch. It's a hard one to take, giver and Given a good start we've had, picking up good results against top teams, and we wanted to make this place a fortress. And as I said, defensively, we, we didn't really look like we were ever going to give them too many chances. But the problem was in possession, we didn't create as many good opportunities. And yes, you could say that was down to us being sloppy, being wasteful. But also they wanted it and you've got to give credit to, to teams. They're going to come here. They're going to sit players behind the board. They're going to fight for every first ball, second ball. I think London Bees did that and you've got to give them credit too. But we just need to keep finding ways. We need to be, we need to have more solutions to, to the problems. We need to be, we just need to be better all over the pitch. Um, I believe in this squad. I believe in this group of players. It's one, one result won't define our whole season. It obviously hurts us. But now it's about how we reflect and, and how we react against Crawley at the weekend. There we had Jay Sadler, head coach of the Pompey women, speaking after a controversial and disappointing first defeat of the season at home to the London Bees on Sunday. The Blues are now second in the table after five games, three points adrift of unbeaten leaders Oxford United. Next up, they take on the Crawley Wasps in the FA Women's National League Cup. That's this coming Sunday, the 25th of September, with the venue to be decided and announced in the coming days. OK, well, we are fast approaching, uh, and we've actually gone past 20 past six now the time is absolutely flying bus uh, past us this evening which means it's time now we take a few moments to catch a quick breather whilst we do that why not pick up your phones and send a message into the show whether you've got something to add to our comments from saturday's game or even if you'd like to just check in and say hello we'd always welcome your interaction 81400 is our text number be sure to start those with the word express otherwise it's sport at expressfm.com on the emails expressfm is our at on twitter 
Or if you'd prefer to find us on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Very soon, we'll be turning our attention back to the men's two-all draw with Plymouth on Saturday, and we'll be taking a listen to the thoughts of Rico Hackett, who scored his first of the season at the weekend to secure the Blues a valuable point to Fran Park. See, I've been on the bench the last couple of games, but just, just got to keep working. It's ultimately, it's about the team, not the individual. And obviously, when I come off the bench, I always want to try and make an impact. And I come on just after they went two and up, so it was always in my mind to come on and create a goal or ultimately get a result. More from Kev and Josh, as well as Rico Hackett, and later on Danny Cowley too, when the Football Hour returns after this short break. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10. Bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach Bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. Hello and welcome back to the Football Hour, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide in your area. If you're wondering why on a Tuesday evening uh, we are listening to the Football Hour at 6 o'clock and not a Monday evening, uh, that is of course because uh, all of our shows on Express FM uh, throughout yesterday uh, were of course postponed and ground to a halt due to the funeral of Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth II yesterday afternoon so that is why this evening's or this week's version of the football hour has been moved to tonight tuesday evening instead and along, alongside myself to go through this one up until seven o'clock i'm joined alongside our very own kev stokes from that AT show kev good evening hello jake and uh, joining us from back home uh, josh sweetman josh you still there how you doing I'm still here. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still here. Don't Glad worry to hear about it. me. Glad to hear it. And we are here up until seven to talk about Pompey's two or draw with Plymouth Argyle on Saturday. Josh, um, let's start from the, the beginning, really. Quite a frantic opening 15, 20 minutes of that match at Fratton Park. Really end to end. Sky Sports off, um, but they, they mentioned it as cagey. I wouldn't say cagey. I just think it was maybe a, a match where two really good footballing sides were going at each other and it was just a. That kind of affair where that first goal was just going to open the floodgates for an even more interesting game going forward. I don't, I don't particularly think it was cagey. I can see why they described it as cagey. I, again, I agree with you. I don't think it was, but it, it looked it looked it was two teams that wanted to attack. I don't think it had quite the same quality as the Peterborough game, in my opinion. I don't think both teams are up to that level. Um, but you can see that Plymouth were a very well drilled, very well organised team, and they made it difficult for us to break them down. Mm. I did think, as I said earlier in the first half, I thought we were the only ones that were likely, regardless of their disallowed goal. Um, which I tell you what, every time I see it, I, mm. he looks closer and closer <laughs> to being onside. But um, yeah, I think, th as I said, we had a couple of counter attacks at one nil, uh, especially Scarlett, um, where we just didn't get the shot away. Uh, and for me, the only player that absolutely stood out head and shoulders above everyone else in the first half was Owen Dale once again. Yeah. Um, and then second half, yeah, I I maintain the fact that if we were shooting towards a front end in the second half, one nil up, we would have won that game. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't to be. As I said, 
really good management from um is it Schumacher that's still in charge at yeah, Plymouth? Yeah, um, Stephen Schumacher. And, yep, and I thought, is it Niall Ennis that came on? Really yeah. changed the game for them, really a bit more direct, took up some very good positions. Um, and, of course, switching the wing-backs over uh, for them. It, they managed to exploit us. And it, it, for a midfield that we usually dominate, we just lost grips on it. And losing Lowry early was a big, big uh, miss because he completely run the game up until his injury. Yeah. Um, but that's that's how it goes, and teams of the quality like Plymouth will punish you, um, and we did very well to get back in it. But yeah, it, we it was just a ten minute period where I don't I don't think we could get close to them, and they is weird. I've never used the expression, but I thought the goal was coming despite them not really having many chances. Um, but yeah, it's one of those. But yeah, I think it's a good point, a fair point in the end. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And Kev, going back to the chances, but Josh is uh, alluding to there on the eighth minute, a great chance for Pompey. Uh, Colby Bishop just headed the ball over the goal at the front end. It started from Dane Scarlett in the midfield, put his body, body on the line to keep the chance alive. Um, nice real switch play between him, uh, Josh Caroma as well, before uh, Owen Dale's chip into the box, uh, into Colby Bishop, who headed over. Josh Caroma, of course, starting over Ronan Curtis, a bold decision from Danny Cowley um, before the game. But a player who, again, will come on to the goal. We'll talk about that in greater detail later on. But Josh Caroma, his first start in a Pompey shirt. We've seen glimpses of him in the past few weeks since his arrival on loan from Huddersfield. And it was a, a bold decision from Danny Cowley to start him over Ronan Curtis. But do you think it was a decision that ultimately paid off? Well, I think it was a, it was a brave decision. But I, I've written down here... Yeah, before I came in here tonight, options. And this season, Danny Cowley's got options across the front line. And we've got Bishop, Scarlett, they're my, they're my first two in your 4-4-2. Um, but then you've got Piggott and you've got Caroma. And it, it gives him that you know, versatility to switch it around a bit, yeah. to play how he feels they've been doing in training that week. And you know, competition for places, important, because yeah. otherwise we're just left with... You know, no options. Yeah. We've got plenty. Exactly. And uh, both sides testing the water pretty early on. Uh, Conor Ogilvie in the 17th minute. A huge block from a huge. Ryan Hardy effort from outside the, uh, from just inside the box, rather. Another impressive performance from, from Conor Ogilvie, again at right back, uh, following the, uh, the the continued injury of Joe Rafferty, who was not included in the squad on Saturday. So another fantastic performance from Conor Ogilvie. Another superb chance just moments later. Marlon Pack done very well. Again, a, a challenge in midfield. Fed the ball through to Bishop with Pompey building in numbers, gave it to Caroma, who laid a lovely one-touch cushion pass to Scarlett, but unfortunately his first-time effort was matched by the goalkeeper. Then, of course, the moment Josh alludes to just then, Plymouth, the disallowed goal from Finn Azaz. Very, very, very tight, Kev. Um, Josh has had his piece on it. The more we look back on it, the more... Thank goodness no VAR. Exactly. Because, yeah... yeah, uh, like like Josh said, the more I, more I look at it, the closer he got Very to being close. onside. And I don't think we'll really entirely grasp whether it was or not because we haven't got the camera angles. No, you could argue for or against that being on or off. And I've got a pillar in my view, so I just couldn't <laughs> quite see. So that would be my excuse. But then, no more than ninety <laughs> seconds later, Kev Pompey themselves have a goal, or maybe not a goal, not given, but a decision against them yeah. um, with uh, the Argyle defender back towards the front and ends 
clearly handballing it on yeah. the line. There were shouts that the ball had crossed the line. Not too sure about that, but it was clearly handball. Denied of a penalty from what would have been a superb Sean Raggett overhead kick. Absolutely. The yeah. Sharp box. But we spoke about this just off air, and uh, you know, the appeals look very genuine that it was yeah. a handball. You know, whether it was over the line, I don't know. But, um, yeah, handball it most certainly was, and should have been a pen. Pompey sub in the 40th minute. Uh, again, as we've already mentioned, Joan Burrell coming on for Tom Lowry. Looks to be a bit of a groin injury for Tom Lowry. Hopeful that it'll only be a very minor one. And with the, the international break coming up, Pompey not having a game for two weeks. So that could benefit him and really benefit Pompey uh, in the long run. Josh Caroma with a fantastic finish on his right foot. Josh, just inside of the inside the box, he'd left the the Plymouth right back on his backside, um, looped over the goalkeeper, and uh, it was Joe Edwards, the, the player who. I think he slipped, but uh, nonetheless, it was a great touch from Josh Caroma. We'll give him all the credit. And the, fan, uh, the, the, the finish was just exquisite, wasn't it? One of the best goals we've seen this season so far. It was. I mean, I think I think that goal personally sums up why Clark Robertson has to play every game when he's available. Mm. Um, and that personally, for me, that would be at centre-half alongside Sean Raggett, as good as Michael Morrison has been, um, because it's just that natural ability to play the pass. And it's a very bit of clever skill from Cromer to just let the ball run across him and leave the defender for dead. And then, yeah, as you said, the finish is incredible. Personally, having watched it back, I think their keeper should actually do better because mm. it's not smack in the corner. It almost goes over him. Um, but yeah, it was an incredible goal and it was it was something that I think really got us going. And yeah, yeah it's a shame, as I said, it's a shame we couldn't build on it and get a second or third of the first half. But it's clear that Cromer has that extra sort of little bit of... It's not skill, but there's something about him which you can see why he's um, so good in the championship before he had that bad injury. Um, and obviously, Danny Cowley and a lot of Pompey fans will be hoping that if he can recapture that sort of form, yeah. that's the sort of uh, player that will take you up at the end of the season. Mm, definitely. And a great finish, despite maybe the, the keeper being caught off guard with the, the ball. It was you know, smack bang in the middle, in the middle of his goal, Kev, but nonetheless, a, a great finish looped yeah, over him. One that he'll he will certainly remember and a great start to his Pompey career. Josh Griffiths, the Pompey goalkeeper, of course, really, really nicely well, uh, low low down save to his right-hand side um, to deny Plymouth an equaliser right before half-time. The game ended 2 all, and the goals in the second half coming from Sean Raggett's own goal. Nothing he could really do about it, Kev, and then followed by, just a few minutes later, Niall Ennis with a, a counter-attack low shot uh, into the goal at the front end to find Pompey 2-1 down at the time it ended 2-0 we'll talk about Rika Hackett in a moment but when you look at it from a Pompey perspective yes a point was a fair result it was a very end-to-end game two very good footballing teams there's not really a lot more to take away from that but given the chances in the first half you can't help but feel that maybe it was two points dropped from that perspective it's not a bad point and we'll certainly look at it at the end of the season as a, as a decent stalemate but it could have been a victory, as Josh mentioned. Yeah, it could well have been. And we've been guilty of that a couple of times this season, dominating the first half, you know, in terms of possession in, in the last third and not being clinical enough in front of goal. And if we go in 2 or 3-0 up, it, it's very much deserved on a couple of occasions. I don't think that would be, you know, against any of the teams we've played against. Um, we go in 1-0 up and um, things change around the substitution time, which um, Josh mentioned earlier but I have to say that when they were 2-1 up and then they went round the keeper and then our man Ogilvy made that goal line clear and somehow couldn't get away from oh, a corner yeah. Yeah. that that was that was a lifeline there it was indeed. if we'd have gone 3-1 down then that 
tweet I sent to Bristol <laughs> come back to bite me. And, and at that stage, Josh, Plymouth were in me ascendancy, 73rd minute and the 79th minute goals. Um, Bally Mumba, his cross, it was uh, from Sean Raggett's own goal. And of course, the, the strike from Niall Ennis, two goals in six minutes. And they were in me ascendancy, as, as uh, Kevin rightfully mentions there. Could have been a free one, but for Conor Rogovy, yes, again. But in the 81st minute, Rico Hackett subbed on for Owen Dale. Uh, in injury time, Brendan Galloway sent off for a hand on Michael Morrison in box. His second yellow card, that ultimately after the uh, the, the sort of, not the melee that, that ensued, but the sort of the frustration from the Plymouth coaches and the, the players on the pitch and how long it took um, Brendan Galloway to get off the pitch. Pompey had a throw in. Marlon Pack, great chip in from Joe Morrell. Rico Hackett, of all people, just subbed on to get the equaliser in what is yet another dramatic stalemate with Plymouth Argyle. Rico Hackett, Josh, what are your thoughts on him since becoming a Pompey player? Because let's face it, he's not one of the first names on the team sheet, but when he's there, he he certainly does a job. I think for me, I think Rico offers us more off the bench. Um, I I think he's been a little bit inconsistent when starting. um, And I guess it's almost trying to find Rico's best position, whether that's on the right, whether it's on the left. I know that he's played number 10 a few times. But he's he's really impressed me when coming off the bench. I think he gives you something different. He's not the most direct winger, but and I think th- th- as Danny Cowley said, he's six at three. Definitely owed us one with the head, but he does make a difference when he comes off the bench. He's a skillful player. Um, I, I th- the, the weirdest thing for me, and I can't understand for the life of me, even though when Plymouth went down to ten men, why nobody picked up the short throw? That yeah. schoolboy sort of Sunday league stuff that you go out and you stop. The, you stop someone that's free being able to cross the ball. But it was a great cross, as you said, and it's actually a very good header into the bottom corner. For somebody that isn't renowned for heading the ball, um, to be able to steer it straight into the bottom corner, and you knew it was in as soon as it had come off his head. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. And I think that's good for Danny Cowley, especially with plenty of competition on the wing at the moment with sort of Coroma and Ronan Curtis. Rico will have to be contributing with goals and assists to sort of say, well, look, I'm still here as well. Yeah. Um, and I just want to also give credit for Colby Bishop and his celebration in front of the Plymouth fans. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Pompey fans love him already, but that was absolute genius as well. And uh, speaking of Rico Hackett, the goal scorer of that 94th minute equaliser against Plymouth on Saturday, he was flagged by Henry Port after the full-time whistle to discuss his goal and Pompey's performance in the tour draw with Plymouth. Rico, a frantic end to that one. How'd you feel after that? Yeah, no, good. Um, I think obviously it was disappointing to come away with only a point. Uh, I think uh, I think we controlled the game for most of it. Um, we had a lot of chances. Probably should have been two now up at half time. I think we're in a good moment, and uh, I think a lot of the boys will be leaving unhappy to, to not have got the win today. Obviously, for you, it must be frustrating not to start, but to come off the bench and make an impact as you did today. You know, it just shows that you can have that impact off the bench as well. Yeah, no, of course. Like uh, for me, it's just it's a long season. Um, Obviously, I've been on the bench the last couple of games, but you've just, just got to keep working. It's just, ultimately, it's, it's, about, it's about the team, not the individual. Um, and obviously, when I come off the bench, I always want to try and make an impact. And I come on just after they went um, two and up, so it, it was always in my mind to, to, to come on and, and create a goal or, or ultimately get a result. The late equaliser was also your first goal of the season. How important is it to get off your back and kick off and get running now? Yeah, no, it's nice to get off the mark. Um, I think I always back myself um, to, to come away from a season with goals, um, so I don't overly f- uh, think about it. It wasn't on my mind before the game or it hasn't been on my mind. 
Um, but yeah, no, nice to get off the mark, yeah. Describe the emotions when the ball hit the back of the net with not long to go. Yeah, no, I was buzzing, obviously, a bit of relief, uh, excitement, obviously, my first goal of the season. Um, yeah, no, it was a good moment. Also, we stood off camera, it's your kid's first game and he's seen your first goal of the season. How great was that? Yeah, his mum's going to be fuming now because he's going to have to come to every game. <laughs> good luck, John. Yeah, no, it was nice to go in front of him. Of course, great scenes at the end. What's the feeling like amongst the lads in the changing rooms? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good feeling at the minute. Um, all the boys have uh, gelled together really, really nicely. Uh, obviously, we've got a lot of good results. Um, now, obviously, we're going to the international break and I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll, we'll be ready to go again when, when that's over. It'll be good to get some rest um, and work on things because, obviously, we still got a lot to do. The, the, we've got good results, but we can definitely still improve. Touched on it briefly, but obviously you coming off the bench and having the impact you did shows that it's a team effort as well. How important is that mentality moving forwards? Yeah, it's massive, and I don't think it's easy um, to have a team like we do at the minute. I think or even the boys that ain't playing always give it 100%, always working hard in training, and no one sits there and moans and, and complains. Uh, we just get on with it and do the job when we're called upon. Rico Hackett speaking to Henry Port after the final whistle on Saturday afternoon. The two will draw, of course, between Pompey and Plymouth Argyle. And just really feeding off that point at the end, Kev, from Rico, that you know this is a squad built upon unity, as Danny Cowley continues to mention week, week in, week out. It's a very strong squad. They've got the fight, they've got the desire, the passion, the grip, the determination. You can think of every word under the sun that Danny Cowley likes to say, and we love it. But um, that is further emphasised by the comments of also Joe Morrell, who spoke to Andy Moon after the game. We don't have a clip, but what he did tell Andy was, if I'm on top of that open-top bus at the end of the season, I don't think I'll care about having not started the first six games. And that's the kind of attitude and mentality that you want, not just from Joe Morrell, but the entire team. And, and it's refreshing to hear that they've got that attitude. As a footballer, yes, you want to be playing as many games as possible. But with such an incredible run that Pompey have been on, it is refreshing to hear that the players are not not bothered. I'm sure they care, obviously, about the minutes they're getting. But in the long the long run, the end game, they're more focused on the team than they are themselves. Exactly. Yeah, I think um, I think Danny Cowley's instilled in them that it's all about the squad. It's not. Yes, we've got some classy individuals there, and they'll be goal scorers. They'll be, you know, Colby Bishop will get 20 goals for us, plus, and uh, you can note that down. <laughs> um, but I look at the bench this season. Last season, I looked at the bench and went, oh, OK. This season, I look at the bench and go, oh, OK, nice one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Joe Morrell came on, chipped the ball in, Rico Hackett, two subs there. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what this season has got to be all about. We can't be just reliant on 11 plus a couple of decent subs. It's a squad of 18 on a match day, whatever it is. And uh, they'll all play a part. Yeah, absolutely. OK, uh, just under 20 minutes to go here on the Football Hour. Pompey fans, don't forget, we want to hear from you this evening as well. We've had a couple of messages come in, but quite frankly, not enough time to read through them. But we will do so between now and seven o'clock. One of whom has done so is Dave Byrne on the emails. Good evening, Jake. Another two-all draw against Plymouth and a frustrating match, which I feel we should have won. I felt it was a game of four quarters where we dominated the first two, shared the third, and then we were second best in the fourth and almost beaten as a result. Tom Lowry going off altered our flow in the game a little and I felt that by then we should have taken one or two opportunities that came our way including the goal line slash handball incident. 1-0 at half time should have been at least two. However, football's not like that and we failed to impose ourselves on the game at the start of the second half. I'll be happier when we have Rafferty and Ogilvy in their usual fullback positions and then Danny Cowley can simply choose between Clark Robertson and Michael Morrison as to who partners Sean Raggett in the middle. Defensively, we haven't looked as a in the last few games but still 
still unbeaten though. Dave in a list. Thank you very, very much for your email this evening. Like Dave, if you want to have your say, please do get in touch. Let us know your feelings from Saturday's, Saturday's draw with Plymouth. Was a point gained or two dropped? Are you concerned about the Blues' lacklustre second half performance? And apart from the spectacular goal, what did you make of Josh Caroma on his full Pompey debut? 81400 is our text number. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Find us on Twitter at expressfm is the handle to include within your tweets. Or you can visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. When we return, we'll take a listen to the post-match reaction of Danny Cowley, who praises the continued spirit of his team to snatch a vital point of a weekend. The question is, what do you stand for? And, you know, when you get punched on the jaw, you have two choices, don't you? Either go down and go under, or you get back up and you fight. And as a collective, the players on the pitch, the supporters in the stand, we did what Pompey people do well, and we fought and we found a way. I love his interviews. The Blues head coach will be back on the show before 7 o'clock, but first, a few moments away from some ads. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along for the final time tonight. It's the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Your home of passionate Pompey debate and discussion twice a week, every week with the Football Hour and, of course, coverage of every Blues match day with Pompey Live every Saturday from 2 o'clock and pretty much every other Tuesday from 7 o'clock as well. However, no game for the Blues for a couple of weeks. That is because of the international break. Saturday's proposed home fixture against Bolton Wanderers uh, coming up this weekend has, of course, been postponed due to international call-ups originally within the Bolton Wanderers squad. However, Pompey themselves have a few call-ups. So, uh, quite frankly, uh, quite pleased that one is not going ahead due to the number of players we would have been missing for that one, including... Dane Scarlett, who's been called up to the England under-20 squad. Uh, Joe Morrell's been named within the Wales team as well. Uh, Josh Griffiths in the England under-21s. And uh, elsewhere to Harry Jurt-White and Alfie Bridgman playing for Wales and Malta Youth Academies, respectively. But, um, yeah, Dane Scarlett, Josh Griffiths and Joe Morrell would have been Big misses for Pompey, although that is uh, that is three members of the team, so the Blues would have had leverage to have the game called off nonetheless, even if Bolton had not. That means the next game for Pompey is coming up a week on Saturday, which is away at Ipswich Town, currently first versus second. That could all change up until that point with the Blues out of action this weekend. They could be notched down a few places, but as it stands, it is the top two next weekend at Portman Road, the return of Pompey Live from two o'clock. Um, Kev Stokes and Josh Sweetman on for the next 13 and a half minutes or so for the remainder of this evening's conversation uh, regarding Saturday's two-all draw between Pompey and Plymouth Argyle. Josh, 
Look, we said it earlier, it's always two all between Pompey and Plymouth. <laughs> um, we go to Plymouth um, Home Park in a few months' time for the reverse fixture, and it's anticipated to be yet another difficult one because we've not beaten them since 2018. I believe that's now six or seven meetings between the two sides. Pompey haven't claimed victory. So a, a point nine games unbeaten, that six wins, three draws. You look at it at the end of the campaign, in hindsight, it, it is a good point. On paper, at least. On paper. I would tend to disagree slightly. Um, I think any point is a good point when you're losing, especially in in the 90th minute. But I think for teams that have got uh, promotion as the main aim, and especially automatic promotion, then regardless of who you're playing at home, I think three points has Mm. to be the aim. I I would have taken a point at the start of the day, but... I, I will then complete my stuff by saying you've got to be de- beating teams like Plymouth, just like we did with Peterborough. And when the other teams come down to Fratton Park, I mean, I can't remember how many games it is now that, we, that we're that we unbeaten at Fratton Park. I know it's something, I might be wrong, I think it's like 15, 16 games. Um, but you have to be beating teams at home and taking three points because you know you're going to have a difficult time away. You'll always take a point away from home against, against the top-tier teams. But, yeah, I, I think... When, when we're at home, and especially when we've gone 1-0 up, I, I think it's more disappointing that we haven't held on and it's ended up being a very good point. So it's sort of highs and lows, really. Mm, absolutely. Um, in regards to the man of the match from Saturday, Kev Owendale, undoubtedly, again, Josh mentioned him earlier in the show, what a, what a great performance from him, what a, what a fantastic signing. He's proved to be on loan from Blackpool since the start of the season. Small. Like myself, can't really comment too much on that, but he's very nifty and, and he likes to he, he gets around. He's very quick, he's energetic, and he's a real nuisance for you know opposition defenders, midfielders. He just he's like a whippet. You just can't catch up with him. Another fantastic performance from him on Saturday, and emphasised by these comments on social media. Tom Clark says his change of direction at speed is so impressive. Wayne Harris, a better footballer than Marcus Harness. Our strikers will score more goals from Dale than they had from Harness. He works harder, knows how to tackle, doesn't go missing and doesn't soak. Cowley's done well there. And I agree. I do, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen you race down the wing, Jake, but um, Uh, it's great to see a proper (laughs) winger back at Fratton Park. We haven't had one for so long. And he, he does play... On the wing, he doesn't want to come inside and be a you know, pretend centre forward. He's quite happy to go past his defender, put in a ball for someone else to score, and he will get his fair share of goals as well. But um, he's there to make goals, and he'll do do a lot of that this season. And, I like him. Yeah, and in regards to your comment, Josh, about how many games it is unbeaten for Pompey on home turf, um, it stretches back 15 matches, you are correct. Uh, 15 games for last loss at Fratton Park in the league. Anyone merit a guess? Uh, Charlton? Correct. Yeah, Charlton at home um, on the 31st of January. That's a 2-1 defeat on that day. Michael Jacobs on the score sheet. Uh, Connor Washington and a Clark Robertson own goal. Uh, on the 31st of January. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, correct. Uh, kudos and points to Josh Sweetman. If we had points on the football hour, you'd be top of the table. Um, <laughs> but in reflection to our comments about Owen Dale, Josh, you know, Kev mentioning there and the, the comments on social media, he has been a revelation this season. I think all of the signings from Danny Cowley have, have had a very positive start to the campaign. But Owen Dale in particular just seems to be shining quite a big light for the fans that are watching him week in, week out. 
He does, and Kev, just going back to your point, I have seen Jake play football. And <laughs> you have? He, he, is busy, he is busy, but he's uh, not, not as a, nowhere near Owen Dale standard, unfortunately. You're the best. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Jake, I think, for me, it's very much going to be a case of don't fall in love with another lone player. Mm. Um, because how many times have we been stung before with this, where we, we will take a lone player to our hearts, like we'll, be, we'll be so impressed with them, and then something always happens and we can't get them back permanently but he i think these last two games have really shown his quality i think maybe early on it, it was more of a let him bed in and don't expect too much too soon um and even then he's still impressed but i, I think he's been head and shoulder burton nobody near was near him in terms of quality that night and for the first sort of 60 minutes on saturday again he he run himself into the ground and i think I ultimately think that that was actually our downfall on Saturday. 60, 65 minutes, Dale and Karoma both looked, they looked tired. And Karoma, I'm not surprised because he hasn't really had much of a, yeah. of a run out. But that, that and taking Dane Scarlett off for me was, that's where I think we lost it. We just lost that little bit of direct running in the channel, running out wide and Plymouth managed to sort of get through us. But yeah, there's the, it's he, I would I would go as far as saying other than maybe Ogilvy, Dale has been the most standout performer for me this season. Yeah. Okay, Josh, Kev, we'll be back with you guys in just a few moments' time to get your final thoughts on Saturday's game and to summarise this evening's show as a whole. But before we do that and before we say goodbye to you, fantastic listeners back home, let's hear the post-match reaction of Blues head coach Danny Cowley. He spoke to Max Swatton after the full-time whistle on Saturday, who first asked the gaffer, how are you feeling after that one? Disappointment that we couldn't win or joy that we found a way back in? Well, I think for us, we had such good control in the game. We were kind of at, at 70 minutes and we thought we were in a really good place. Probably hadn't been ruthless enough, needed to find a second goal against, let me tell you, a really good Plymouth team. I think there's a lot to, to respect with Plymouth. I think Stephen Schumacher has done a fantastic job there. Um, but we'd asked a lot of questions of them. You know, they, they changed their system. They started with a three and a diamond with one up top. They then went to a three with a box and then one up top. So, And then obviously went to a 4-4-2. So we, we were asked a lot of questions from them and we felt like we had a good place in the game and then we just conceded a really bad goal a really poor goal we have to do better defensively to firstly stop the cross and then yeah we um it was a, it was a poor goal and credit to Plymouth because I think they got a real head of steam and they got some momentum in the game and they found the second goal quite quickly after and the second goal again is a poor goal from us because we didn't get pressure on the ball we then jumped out of the middle when we should never jump because we've got no pressure on the ball and to be fair Plymouth is a really good goal from their perspective and you find yourself 2-1 down and then you have the question is what do you stand for and you know when you get you get punched on the jaw you have two choices, don't you? Either go down and go under, or you get back up and you fight. And as a collective, the players on the pitch, the supporters in the stand, we did what Pompey people do well, and we fought and we we found a way. And of course, yeah, it was a clever goal because another long throw set up. We throw short, really good cross from Joe Morrell and, uh, and a fantastic header from from Rico. Um, at six foot three, I've been waiting for him to score me some headed goals. So so good on him, but an important goal, and it keeps us unbeaten, which um, which is which is obviously good. What's the feeling amongst the lads in the dressing room at the moment? Yeah, I, I think they felt like they lost because I think a lot of our performance today was really good. 
we just need to go back and we need to we know that goals have big impacts in games and we need to go back and look at that first goal because we need to defend better even though the second goal was a very good goal from Plymouth we made some, some errors tactically on the pitch in that moment uh, for the second goal and quite quickly the game went away from us so I think there's a lot of learning I think yeah early in the game got to be more ruthless because we had lots of good chances I mean our transition first half was probably the best it's been I mean it don't help I didn't think we got many decisions today there's definitely a goal that goes over the line that doesn't get given uh, I think this is this is this, this was a frustration but if we think about the things we can control then yeah definitely being a little bit more ruthless on the counter attack and then like I said those two, two two moments in particular defensively but we had such a good place in the game that yeah, we're frustrated ultimately to, to not take three points, but but proud of the spirit, proud of the fight, and uh, we live to, to face another day. First start for Josh Caroma and a first goal for Josh Caroma as well. What was your thinking behind that change to the line-up ahead of the game? I think just to, to freshen it up a little. I mean, Ronan has just had a baby. It's been a tough period for Ron. I think it was always in our, our mind. When you bring a player in, you're trying to wait for the right moment, that they've got enough understanding of how you work and how you play and what they're, and enough clarity over their role. Um, and, and then you're trying to set them up for success. And we felt like this was a good game at Fratton Park to, to bring him into. And, yeah, a trademark goal from Josh. And I thought we had a lot of other good moments, actually. Um, brings us a, a high level of quality. And uh, he'll get fitter and fitter. And, and hopefully then we'll be able to impact for, for not just maybe the, the 70 minutes, but, but, but the actual 90 minutes. Into the international break now. What will you and the squad be getting up to with no game next Saturday? Well, I think for us, um, we will have a little opportunity to recharge the batteries. I think it's right, bearing in mind it's a bank holiday now, that we give everybody the Monday. Um, and then Tuesday we'll have some players in and some will be resting, depending on what they need. And then Wednesday the whole group will be in and we'll have um, a good period of work going into the weekend. And then, then obviously a, a nice week preparing for, for Ipswich the following Saturday. Danny Carlivet speaking to Max Swatton after the full-time whistle on Saturday afternoon following the Blues 2-all draw with Plymouth Argyle, a game which, of course, kept that unbeaten start to the new league season going. Uh, That's nine matches unbeaten, of course, six wins and three stalemates, zero defeats in the league. However, defeats in the Carabao Cup to Newport County and uh, on penalties also to Crawley Town in the EFL Trophy, who take on AFC Wimbledon away from home in their next game in the Trophy. That's this evening, 7.45, so I'm sure everyone's going to have their eyes and ears glued to the radios and the TVs. I highly anticipating that game at, the, at Plough Lane, the EFL Trophy, to see if Pompey's opponents will get some more points on the board. That's tonight at 7.45. Pompey take on the Aston Villa under 23s on Tuesday the 4th of October for their next EFL Trophy group stage game. But for tonight, Kev Stokes from Mad AT Show, thank you very much for joining us on the Football Hour. Pleasure, Jake. Lovely to be here. Can I just say one thing? You can indeed. Um, can I just say how impeccably observed the minute silence was before the match mm. on Saturday and also the applause at 70 minutes as well? Yeah. Made us feel very proud to be Pompey fans that day. Did indeed. Kev, thank you very much and well done to all of the Pompey fans from the weekend, of course, as well. Josh Sweetman, it's been a pleasure to have you back on the show. Take care. Pleasure as always, Jake. Thank you very much once again to both Kev and Josh. And, of course, thank you to uh, Stagecoach Across the South for supporting yet another season of the Footblower here on Express FM. Well, that does round up all of the action from this evening's edition of the Footblower. Thank you again to Kev and Josh. Thank you to Stagecoach Across the South. Thank you to everyone who listened in and uh, got in touch via the social media platforms as well. So, Crawley take on Wimbledon tonight in the EFL Trophy. Keep an eye on that one. Pompey next in action on Saturday the 1st 
of October. That is just under a fortnight away. They take on Ipswich Town in League One due to international break. No game this weekend, but the Football Hour will be returning this Friday from 6, usual time slot. Uh, to just talk about anything, really. What should we talk about? I don't know. Come and join us Friday night from 6. No game to preview, but I'm sure we'll have plenty of discussion. We'll review how the first nine games of the season have gone so far, and we'll also take a sneak peek ahead of what is coming up uh, across the footballing world this weekend as well. But your next Football Fix comes up here on Express FM tomorrow evening from 6 through till 7. Henry Deacon hosts Over the White Line with all of your non-league football grassroots uh, grass and uh, guest interviews. He'll reaction from the weekend's non-league games and Pompey women action as well. Coming up on Express tonight, Decades Party right after the news at 7 before Express hits nothing but non-stop Express music from 11 through to the early hours of tomorrow morning. But thank you to everyone who tuned in. Have a great evening. I'll see you on Friday night for another edition of the Football Hour. Take care. Good night. Stay safe. <laughs>